If you have your Bibles today, we are going to look at a text found in Deuteronomy, the ninth chapter, book of Deuteronomy, chapter 9. I'll be reading the first three verses of this chapter, and um, then from the King James, I'll jump over to the English Standard Version, and we'll look at the same text from the ESV. Um, Throughout the years, I've read through the Bible different times and read through different versions, and uh, this year I just happened to be reading through the ESV, and um, the way it states the text uh, really jumped out at me a couple of weeks back, and I want to read it in the King James, and then we'll go over to the ESV and read it there. But Deuteronomy 9, verse number 1 says, Hear, O Israel, thou art to pass over Jordan this day, to go in to possess nations greater and mightier than thyself. I want you to listen to what is being said to these faithful followers. You're going in to possess nations that are greater, nations that are mightier than thyself. Cities great and fenced up to heaven. A people, great and tall, children of the Anakims, whom thou knowest, and of whom thou hast heard say, who can stand before the children of Anak? Understand therefore this day, that the Lord thy God, He, God, is He which goeth over before thee. As a consuming fire, He shall destroy them. And he shall bring them down before thy face. God's saying, you're going to see them crumble before your face. And notice what he said. You're going to a place with greater nations, greater cities, greater, if you will, people. You're going into a place that's bigger, greater, more secure, overwhelming, and he, and he lays it all out. He said, but I'm going to go over before you as a consuming fire, and I will destroy them. Nations, cities, people, whatever this is that's greater, larger, more secure, imposing, he said, I will destroy them and will bring them down before your face. You're going to see nations fall You're going to see cities fall. You're going to see people fall. You're going to see, and he's trying to detail it all, that whatever is big, whatever's large, whatever's looming, whatever seems to be overwhelming, I'm going in before you to bring it down. And you will see it fall before your face. So shalt thou drive them out and destroy them quickly, as the Lord hath said unto thee. He said, I'm going to go before you, And you're going to come along behind me. I'm going to set the way. I'm going to destroy your enemies. You're going to come in and run them out. Isn't it awesome that we have a God that goes before us? He takes care of what needs to be taken care of. And then He invites us along on the journey just to enjoy the victory and say, Hey, get out of here. And and the enemy runs, but the truth of the matter is we're not the consuming fire. We're not the imposing force. We're not the ones with the ability or the strength or the power. He is. He does it. And all we do is step in and kind of claim the victory. (laughs) It's amazing how God, God does this. Now, 
in the ESV, it says this. Hear, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today. To go into dispossessed nations greater and mightier than you. Cities greater and fortified to heaven, secured to heaven. A people great and tall, the sons of Anakim, whom you know and of whom you have heard it said. Who can stand before the sons of Anak? Know therefore today that he who goes over before you as a consuming fire is the Lord your God. The one that's going before you and all the things you see being accomplished, it's him. Don't, don't, don't question how this, well, you know, the stars aligned and everything came together and it was just one of those moments when it just all worked out. He said, I want you to know that when you see the consuming fire in front of you and you see the victory being given to you and you see things coming into place, it's not that the stars aligned. It was that God went before you and God did the work that you couldn't do on your own. He said, He will destroy them and subdue them before you, so you shall drive them out. He will bring them under control, and you'll take over like you did it. (laughs) And drive them out, and make them perish quickly, as the Lord has promised you. Now, I'm going back to the very first phrase of verse 1. It says, Hear, O Israel, in the King James, it said, Thou art to pass over Jordan this day. In the ESV, it says, you are to cross over the Jordan today. Everybody shout, today. Today is my day. Today is my day. But only you can decide if that's the truth or not. And so today, I'm going to talk to you a little while about this. Only you can decide. All right, God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing as we have gone through a little bit of the Word today. There are, there are many statements that, that govern our lives. Uh, sometimes we are aware of those statements and sometimes we are clueless to them. But um, whether we're oblivious to it or we are aware of this, the reality is so that uh, statements have been made over all of our lives that define in a great way where we are right now and what we do. When when you go back through your life and you consider the influences from teachers, coaches, parents, uh, family members, loved ones, neighbors, friends, when you think about all of the things that have come into your life and the people that have come and gone in your life and the things that have been said the reality is that many of us are living by statements and declarations that were made over us in times past. Um, Whether that be a positive statement or a negative statement. Uh, Someone saying to you as a child, you'll never accomplish anything or you're not going to amount to anything or I don't even know why we had you. And if you're... If you didn't know it, those statements stick to us like glue. Others hear things like, your mom and I are so proud of you, and we love you, and there's so much talent, and we see ability. Those statements stick to us as children. 
and, and, and we grow up kind of oblivious to the fact that statements have been made that we bought into and we are living now according to things that were said about us and said to us and how we process that. A few days ago, Lisa and I were uh, talking with someone and, uh, the, about the importance of teachers and uh, people that come into your children's life and, and they can either support what you are building at home or they can uh, tear it down and, and you never know who those people are going to be or where they're going to pop up from. And, and uh, uh, we were talking about, we were thinking about Madison. When Madison was in the, the second grade, uh, she was having a challenge at school and had been dealing with things as a second grader with particular teachers that did not understand her and her learning style. Well, there was a young man, kind of, I, looking back on it now, I think he may have been a first-year teacher. And uh, Mr. Putnam, I'll never forget Mr. Putnam. He was not my teacher. He was Madison's teacher, uh, a long list of teachers through the years, and he was her second-grade teacher. And uh, Mr. Putnam, a new teacher, began to speak things over Madison in the second grade that, that I look back now and it made a difference in her life. She connected with him, and he connected with her, and there were things that happened in his class that she will still reference now. I remember when Mr. Putnam said this, or Mr. Putnam did that, or he taught us that. He only taught at that school maybe a year or two, and then he left, and he went back to... Uh, uh, get a graduate degree, and I believe pursue ministry. But way back then, I remember Mr. Putnam speaking words of affirmation and words that were positive over her life that made a difference for her when she was in the second grade. And today, some of those things that he said about her then, she's living and walking in right now. We don't even understand it. We don't even realize it. But things that people say and declare over your life can have a long-lasting effect. People that praise you, people that affirm you, people that encourage you. Maybe a coach, maybe a parent, a certain parent was absent in your life, but an uncle or an aunt or somebody started speaking things over you and today you value their involvement. You value their investment because we live our lives in, in, in a great way based on things that were said to us in the past and how we processed those things. When I first went off uh, to college out of state, it was my second year of college, and back in those days, there, we didn't have the World Wide Web, we didn't have email, we didn't have any of the things of communication that we do now. We didn't have cell phones, uh, we didn't have phones in our room in the dorm. We had a pay phone at the end of the hall. Some of you may not even know what a pay phone is, but, but anyway, we had a pay phone at the end of the hallway in our dorm, and there were, you know, hundreds of, I say a hundred or more, maybe a hundred and fifty guys in this two-story dorm, six and eight in a room, and one pay phone 
at the other end. So I would talk to my parents every once in a while. And I'm, don't get my wife started about uh, how I stay in touch with people. But anyway, um, I talk to my parents maybe once every two or three weeks. I, I just wasn't going to fight the payphone and the line and you know guys have girlfriends and they'd sit there half the night on the payphone and and all of those kind of I, I I just didn't talk to my parents much and I was in Mississippi and they were in Texas and every once in a while I'd get home for a weekend or something but it was my first time to be away and there was a lady an elderly lady in my father's church who would write me a note every week or two. And she would tell me about uh, the services the previous weekend. I just want to tell you what happened at church this past weekend. And she would fill me in on all of this stuff going on. And then she would say in the note, I believe in you. I am so proud of you. I'm thankful for what the Lord is doing in your life. I want you to know that everything here is good and you stay focused there and do your best there. I'm praying for you. And she would write me these notes every week or two and she would send them in the mail and I'd have to go to the post office box and get my little letter from from this woman in my dad's church and occasionally she'd put $5 in there or she'd put 10 in there. She didn't have much, but she, she, was, she was investing in me when I was trying to find my way in ministry. And she was affirming me and she was encouraging me. You don't forget those kind of people in your life that speak things to you and speak things over you because down the road you find yourself living based on statements that people made about you. I believe in you. You're going to make it. God's on your side. You can come through this. We start living out those things in a great way. Now, as we get through uh, into some of this today, you'll see that many times it's the negative voices that seem the loudest in our life. It's the things that are destructive and the things that work against us and the things that hold us back that it's almost human nature that we hear that more than we hear anything else. That seems to be the loudest. That seems to have the most effect. That seems to be what digs the deepest in our life is the negative voices rather than the positive voices. Right? And, and as we get along in this today, you'll see that, that I'm a big proponent on doing everything you can to turn the negative voices off and turn the positive voices up and say, just as sure as there is uh, aggression against me, there is also someone supporting me. Because at the same time that one sweet little lady was uh, writing notes, you're going to make it, God's on your side. There were other people in the church that didn't last long that said, you'll never do anything. You, blah, blah, blah. They were negative, and if I would have listened to them... I wouldn't be where I am right now. And you know what? Without going into all of it and revealing all of the gory details, the other woman that had the negative voice, she lost all three of her kids to the world. Not one of them lives for God. 
Okay? They were all right there. We were all in this thing together. We were all being brought up right together. Listen, it never, never works out when you do uh, what you can to destroy people. It will come back to you. And you will live in pain and misery yourself when you attack other people. Amen? I don't want to be the person that speaks the negativity. I want to be the person that speaks the positivity. I want to be the person that says, you can make it. I do see something in you. God will work on your behalf. Well, here, here's what, what we find when we get into this uh, text, that God was saying to them, today, you're going over. And you're going over, he doesn't ever paint the picture in a way that it's not the reality of it, in a way that it shouldn't be seen. He didn't say, you're going in and everything's going to be great and you're not going to have any problems and everything's going to work out and it's all falling together. Come on, get up, run out of your tent, get over there today, it's going to be the great. He's not a cheerleader, if you will. We want God to be our cheerleader. Give me a J, give me an E, give me an S, give me a U, give me an S. What's that spell? Jesus, Jesus. He's not, that's not what he does. We want him to do that. He doesn't do that. He gives us the reality. Okay, you're going over, but let me tell you, when you get over there, it's big, bad, ugly, mean, hard, difficult, challenge. But I just need to let you know, I'm going to face that before you ever do. I'm going to deal with that before you ever do. And this is how I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to literally consume it with fire. I am going to engulf it in a way that there will be no escape, no way out. When I do my work, I do it completely, and I'm going before you, and I'm going to subdue them, I'm going to punish them, I'm going to break them, and then you're going to come in and make them leave. All right, let's go. That's what he's saying to them. But here's, i got to back up so you, you really get this. Time, the time factor was involved here. All right, and this is this is where the message comes home for all of us. All right, and and I want you to be honest. If you have an issue with time, let me see your hand. I don't lie; you're in church. If you've ever had an issue with time, let me see your hand. Susan, don't let Tim do that to you. He did. Tim is a time straightener, problem solver person, apparently. So all those hands, man, you could be employed with all these hands just helping the time bill. Time. The reality is that all of us at one time or another have dealt with issues in that area of time. Some people don't have enough of it. Let me see your hands if you ever feel like you don't have enough time. Okay. Not enough time in the day, not enough time in the week, not enough time in the month, not enough time in the quarter, not enough time in the year. You just don't have enough time. Uh, 
there's other people that feel like they have too much time on their hands. Let me see. There we go. I got somebody honest in here. You know, sometimes we have too much time on our hands. And when we have too much time on our hands, our mind gets away from us and we end up... You know, with kids, when kids have too much time on their hands, they will drive you crazy. I mean, and not, they'll, they'll get into stuff that they never even planned on getting into. And the reason is they had too much time on their hands. So sometimes we don't have enough time, and other times we have too much time, <laughs> and, and we all know what that's like. And then there's times that we just can't seem to get a hold of it. We have it, but it's getting away from us, and I can't get my hands around it. I, I, I can't own it, if you will. Some people can never get to where they're going, especially on time. <laughs> they just can't get there. Can't, can't get there when they're supposed to get there. Marley, I love our youngest, but uh, her and her mother go around and around every morning. It does, I think if you get her up at 3 in the morning, she would still be. We get to the car. Did you get your lunch? Did you get your gym clothes? Did you get your tennis shoes? Did you get your water bottle? Did you get your backpack? Did you get your coat? Did you get your books? Did you get all... You, anybody know what I'm talking about? You know. You go through all of those things and then you get to school um, or, or an hour later, oh, Mom... Uh, can you bring me my... And you're like, no! <laughs> Starve! <laughs> yeah, I, Tim, you'll get here. This, I, I say this now. Fail! I don't care. It's not my grade. You knew you had to turn the paper in. It's not my paper. You knew. I mean, it's online. We had to write it down and hope we got it right. They can just plug it. Oh, yeah, this is due tomorrow. I mean, it's a different world. And they're like, oh, uh, I didn't know. You didn't know. Can you please break? Uh, I'm like, no. And my wife is like, we've got to take it. <laughs> Time. Time. So we're like, okay, we're going to have to get you up 30 minutes earlier. We're going to have to get you up an hour earlier. But I don't want to get up. So we've kind of, my wife and I, Marley doesn't know it, but we've come up with this plan. See, Madison leaves before my wife and I get up. So she leaves the house before we get out of bed. So this is what we've decided. We'll have Madison wake Marley up. <laughs> we'll have Madison, yeah, we'll have Madison wake her up get her started, and then my wife and I will pick up 45 minutes later and try to finish up the deal. I, I don't know, but we, we've really been racking our brains. So some people just can't get their hands around. They can never get to where they're supposed to be and remember everything they're supposed to. And, and then there's times that, that time moves so fast that you're like, where did that go? Especially with kids. A friend of ours, was they were celebrating with their oldest son yesterday, his birthday, his 18th birthday, and we were like, how can he be 18? Where did the last 18 years go in his life? Time moves so fast. And then there's other segments of our life where it moves so slow that you're like, oh my God, can we please speed this thing up? You know how many knows that time will drive you crazy? It's can't hold it, can't keep it. 
can't let go of it, can't speed it up, can't slow it down, can't get there, don't know how to own time is this. Really, really, if you look in our lives, uh, I had this conversation with a gentleman yesterday, something I, I heard many, many years ago from an elder minister in a session I was in. He said that observing successful people, that the one thing that he had observed in the church, out of the church, in business, whatever it may be, that successful people have a sense of timing. Success comes down to not, not always your ability, not always uh, your know-how, your experience. Your, many times success in business, in life, in spiritual things, in church, in kingdom work, comes down to timing. You can do the right thing at the wrong time and not have the results you need. And you can barely do the right thing at the right time and boom, and it blows. You're like, yes, look what I did. And you're like, it had nothing to do with you. You were simply, you just caught the wave at the right time. It was just one of those deals. Timing. And and so this time deal is huge and, and I could probably turn this into a series, but I'm not going to. We... We all have something in our lives right now, right now today on this Sunday morning that has to be dealt with. And, and there's, time, there's time attached to it. There's a conversation. There's a, a meeting. There's an investment. There's a paper to sign. There's something. There's a doctor to see. There's a medicine to take there's a it it just all of us have things right now in our lives that are time sensitive and if it isn't done at that moment then you know it's just uh the results are not going to be the same and we have to deal with it real quickly i want you to consider the first chapter of genesis all right this is the first chapter of the first book of the entire Bible, and see a pattern here, okay? That the Lord was establishing. That many times we, we run through, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the highlights. The first four verses tell us about this chaotic situation, and God moves in, begins to speak, and verse 5 says this, God called the light day, the darkness He called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. The next uh, six, seven verses, six and seven, you get to eight, things happen. God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. Then you read 9, 10, 11, 12, stuff happening, things going on, creation taking place, verse 13. And the evening and the morning were the third day. And then you read 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, things happening, transpiring, creation, man, awesome stuff, 19. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And then you read 20, 21, 22, same kind of stuff, off the charts, over the top, creation, amazing things happen, verse 23. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then you read 24, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, uh, verse 30, and you get to verse 31. All of these things transpiring, and you read, and God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good, 
and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. I mean, over and over and over again, we're reading the evening and the morning, day one. All this stuff happens, evening, morning, day two. All this stuff happens, evening, morning, day three. All this stuff happens, evening, morning. You get the point. It's all these things transpiring, and then the day. Then that was called day. All that stuff was handled, day. All this next stuff handled the next day. All this other stuff handled the next day. God knows exactly what it's like to live every day with your plate full and get to the end of it and say, that day's behind me and now let's go work on the next one. He, it, it started this way. And this word day is used 11 times in the first 31 verses of the Scripture. It's used over and over and over again. Then you get to chapter 2, and the first five verses that you read there, verse 2 says, And the seventh day God ended His work which He had made, and He rested on the seventh day from all of His, all of His work which He had made. Over and over and over again in this Scripture, we see the word day is being used in the first chapter, in the second chapter of the Scripture. 2,200 times, 2,263 to be exact, in the King James Version, the word day is used. Day, day, day. It's, it's just littered throughout uh, the entirety of, of the Scripture. And we see that God is working, investing, building, creating in those days. Do you know when you read that, he never says, oh, and by the way, ooh, it's day four. Man, I wish I would have done something different. Uh-oh, I forgot. Fish are supposed to swim in water. Why didn't I create water a day or two ago? You don't read in that where he's saying, okay, now or I got this together, now... Three days from now, I've got to remember to work on this, and I've got to take care of three days down on day five. I've got to make sure that day three. You don't read that. You don't read him looking back, nor do you read him looking forward. You only read about him dealing and working in the day that he was in. Focused on that day. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but today. Right now. Working on it today. And, and, it's, and it's the pattern. It mentions it specifically, day after day, in detail. And I say there must be something attached to that. Because this is what it would sound like if you and I were writing that first 31 verses. Day one, <laughs> I'm going to try to get this done today, and I'm going to make this list, and I'm going to have to turn that off and talk to them. But wait a minute, I didn't take care of, oh, i got to send that follow-up because I didn't get, and we will spend day one talking about what needs to be done, what we should have done, how it didn't happen, and day one will come to an end, and we're like, oh, it's still chaotic. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even do anything with what's here right now. 
And then we move into day two and we're stressed over that day one didn't go the way it was, it was supposed to go. And I didn't get everything done. And why, why, why do I have to be a slacker? And I need to be more organized. And someone told me I wasn't detailed enough. And so I'm going to go buy a journal. I'm going to start bullet journaling and then I'm going to get a day timer. And I'm going to go get a reminder and I'm going to put an app on my phone and it's going to ring and it's going to tell me. And day two goes by us lamenting the fact that we squandered day one and all of a sudden, six days are gone, and we're supposed to get to day seven rest. And we're like, I didn't get anything done this week. Nobody's been created. There's no birds or trees or flowers or planets or signs. And what am I going to do? Isn't that true? <laughs> we're like, I hope it gets better next week. And I, I'm going to start over. Today is the first day of the rest of my life, and I'm going <laughs> to... It's us. We're living in yesterday, the regrets, and we're living in tomorrow, the hope it, and today is slipping by us. Just gone. And, and we're no better than we were. Because it's just like, it's, it's, it's chaotic. Now, out of all that, this is the way my brain works. <laughs> what makes up a day? All right, if that's the reality, what makes up a day? Now, the answer can vary for all of us. And I want you to think about it. It varies even in this congregation today. For some, their days are made up of pain. Others, their days are made up of work. Others, effort. Others, rest. Some, sickness. Different people, hope. Addiction. There are some people that get up every day tormented by addiction and struggle all day with addiction and lay down at night medicated because of addiction. All day is filled with this desire and drive that cannot be tempered for addiction. I have to have that. I don't care what it costs. I don't care what bridges I burn. I don't care what people I use. I don't care what law I break. I don't care what it looks like or what people think or where I end up or where I sleep tonight or what goes in my mouth. I just need this whatever it is. Addiction all day, every day. Some people wake up with pain in their body and they lay down with pain in their body and they never think about anything else but the pain that they're going through right then. Some people give up and they're full of joy and you go to work with them and they're beside you and they're happy and they're singing and it's and everything is great and you want to choke them. You want to say, will you just please have one day like my day and not drive me crazy when we come to work? Some people, it's hope, it's joy, it's celebration, it's wonderful. It's part. Some people live in sorrow every day. All day, their life is filled with sorrow. And there's other people who live every day learning. Learning. They've been learning. One of the doctors that Madison works with, 
How many years has he been in school? 17 or, I mean. Yeah, it just keeps on. Second degree and back to school and 12 years and 17 years and, and doctor of this and doctor of that and surgery here and surgery that. And it's everyday learning. And, and, and some of them, they sleep, they sleep. Oh, take care of a case. And, and when that case is done, lay down on a bed in a side room in the emergency room and try to keep cramming. And I got to get through residency. I got to go to what? Learning. Some people, they don't have time to worry about your little, oh, she talked about me because they're learning. You wonder why, why doesn't everybody understand where I'm at? Because their day wasn't filled with sorrow like yours was. Their day was filled with something else. So don't hate them because they don't understand. Well, I wish he could just understand where I'm coming from. His head was in a book all day. He just stuck his hand into an open cavity in someone's chest and massaged a heart for the last five minutes to keep blood pumping through a body to save somebody's life. And you walked in because you hit your thumb with a hammer. I just want somebody to really under... Okay, yeah, well, you're going to be okay, buddy. Well, I just need some... Everybody's day is different. And for us, our days are different. Sometimes we have good days, and sometimes we have bad days, and sometimes we're real focused, and sometimes it's kind of off the rails, and some, sometimes everything is good and, and there's time. But here, here's the deal. The reality is simply this. All of those things I've said, I'm not being harsh, but this is what your day is really made up of. 86,400 seconds. 1,440 minutes. 24 hours. That's it. What you fill it with and what you pack it with is your decision. But that day that you were given, all you were given is 86,400 seconds. 1,440 minutes. 24 hours. You decide what you're going to do with it. You decide. I decide. We, we all live there. And, 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 and for most of us, days go by and we don't even realize it and we're doing nothing about it. And in the average life of, of, of humanity here in the U.S., the average lifespan, in, you will have 27,375 days. We will have 27,375 days in the average life. You have 27,000 plus chances and opportunities to decide what you're going to do with your 86,400 seconds. You'll have 27,000 plus opportunities right in your face to say, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do with it? You know what most of us do? Well, I'm going to spend all day today thinking about yesterday. I just wish it was like it used to be and I just want the good old times and I wish I would have married somebody else and I wish I would have... You want to spend every one of your 27,000 days living in the past in a situation you can't do anything about. You cannot change one thing about yesterday. You cannot do what... Why did... Or we'll spend 27,000 days
way he's saying, next week I'm going to get this right. Tomorrow I'm going to get it planned out. Next month I'm going to take care. And we'll spend every moment that we have right now to make a difference thinking about a past that we can do nothing about and a future we can do nothing about because all I have is right now. And if I don't make decisions right now, it will never benefit me in the days to come. Do you know that the miraculous and answers to prayer never happen in the past and never happen in the future? If the miraculous is going to happen, it's going to happen today. If the answer is going to happen, it always happens in that day. What It never happens future. It never happens past. It always happens present. So the miraculous, direction, answers, help, encouragement, whatever it may be, if it's ever going to happen in your life, it will happen in the day that you choose for it to happen. I, you know, I choose today. People that break free from addiction, they don't say, okay, now if I can just break free from 10 years ago, that, and I'll be okay today. No, you can't do anything about that. Well, if I can just connect and do, and then six months from now, no, no, no. Six months may never come in your life. If you don't get free from it today, you may draw your last breath before tomorrow ever gets here. If you're going to do it, it happens in today. Now, I don't want to spend the rest of the time that I have talking about the past or talking about the future tomorrow, yesterday, but I do want to say this, that when I read this verse not many weeks ago, the, the word today in Deuteronomy 9.1 literally jumped off the page to me. God said to them, you go over today. Bigger, badder, meaner, yeah. but it's going to happen. And you know what he's saying? If you go over today, I'm going to go over today before you get there. See, we're not waiting on God to do His part. He's waiting on us to say, okay, today is the day. All right, if you're going before me, then let's get it done today. If you're going to heal, let's get it done today. If you're going to move, let's get it done today. If you're going to answer, let's do it right now and take care of this. And when, when I see this, it happens in the now. Everybody shout, the now. Today is this word that stands out to me and... Um, and, and as it relates to this conversation that we're reading out of Deuteronomy, I want, to, I want you to see, today stands out to me because it's used 164 times in the ESV. Uh, and, and, and it's the power. This is what stands out to me. The power and the significance of one day. One day in the lives of His children. Israel had wanted, waited, suffered, desired, struggled for a generation to get to promise. Family, loved ones, death, sorrow. Why didn't it happen? Should we? Can we? Why? What's going on here? They had been going through this continually and finally God says, 
Today is the day that you stop wanting, waiting, suffering, struggling, hoping. Today is the day that you just take the step and move in because I'm already preparing the way for you. God works in days. I want you to see that He doesn't want to drag this out or say, well, I wish it would have been different and uh, let's go back and redo it or maybe somewhere in the future. God's saying, I work in now. I work in today. I take care of it right now. So if you're ready, let's go. And I'll go before you and take care of the situation. Now, that day finally arrived. It finally arrived. But only they could decide if they were going over. Now, really, really, I don't just share stuff randomly. All those years before, 12 spies went in, if you will, to say. Let's find out what's going on there and come back and say. And 10 came back and said, we can't do it. It's bad. You'll never do it. You are a grasshopper. And they are giants. Sons, you've heard them. Sons of Anakin. You know these guys are big. And you're not. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm not taking my family into that because you can't do it. I can't do it. There is no way this is going to work out. I don't know who God was thinking He could take us into there. We, that, that, those cities are fortified. Those walls are big. Those people are mean. And we can't do it and neither can you. And you better hear me. I've been there. I've seen it. I've been down this road and I know and I'm just trying to help you out. I'm just being real with you. Ten of them. And the negative voice always gets the most attention. Because over here, there's two other ones saying, hey guys, we really can't do it. I was over there too. That sounds like Mickey Mouse. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if, 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 uh, if Caleb and Joshua were Mickey Mouse. It's really great, guys. Come on. I don't, I don't know. But they were saying, hey, their voices were drowned out. They were the positive voices. They were the affirmation. They were the people saying, you can do it. You can do it. I see it in you. God's going to give us the land. Let's go right now. We're ready. And all these other negative voices said, no, 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 no. And all this time, people were living under the declaration that was made through negativity and what they heard instead of buying into the voices saying, we really can't do it. Let's go right now. Come on, let's move in. And it's like I said, those negative voices always pay. One lady writes saying, you can make it. The other one said, you'll never amount to anything. She lost all of her children. My parents have a son in ministry. Hello? Ten, ten never stepped in. And lost it all. And the two that were positive said, at 80, 85, Give me my mountain! Yes, that's I'm moving in. It's been a little while. But I haven't lost my faith because there's been something positive and something promising spoken over my life. And I have to decide every day who I'm going to listen to and what I'm going to do with my life. And God was saying, Go today. It's finally here. 
Go. I'm going before you. I'm going to make a way. And you're going to step into victory. Man, shake off the negativity. Free yourself from all of that stuff. Because God has positive words over you. Promising words over you. And He will bring things together where in one day, everything changes. Let's stand together. But you have to decide. What are you doing? I don't know. Okay? I don't, I don't live with you guys. I can barely figure out the ones I'm living with. But, and I don't, always do the, I don't always do a good job. But I know one thing. In those 27,000 plus days, you either have a few left, or a lot left, or... Somewhere in between left. But what are you doing with those days that God is giving you? What are you doing with those days? Are you filling them with regret? Stop living in the past. Stop thinking that it's just going to change. No. If it does, it will be because today... You walk out of your wilderness, you cross your river, and you step into your promise. And then tomorrow will be different. But tomorrow will not be different if you don't take your step today. Today. I want to do something with the 27,000 or 13,000 or 10 or whatever I have left. I I don't know. I want to do something with them that will please Him. I want to do something with the days that God has given me. Anybody else want to do something with your days? I want to do something for the kingdom. I want to do something that will last. I want to do something that makes a difference in in individuals' lives. I, I want to do something that has value and worth and has eternity attached to it. I don't want to just spend every day in complaining and griping and frustration and fighting. I want to spend every day in blessing and favor and prosperity and healing and strength and leading. and Do something with the day that God has given you. Don't think everybody else can do it for you. This is in your hands, in your power, in your control. What comes out of your mouth is your decision. What action you take is your decision. What you love and what you hate is your decision. Do something with it that will glorify God. Do something with it that will bring honor to Him. Do something with it that when you hear Him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That you'll enter in knowing that you did your very best with every day that God gave you. It's your decision. You can step into it, or you can keep wondering where you are. Anybody want to step into promise today? If you do, I'm inviting you to come out from where you're standing. Come and join me in this altar for a moment.